that's it. If you're doing something that somebody else could be doing for less, then you're basically working for their wage, right? So that's what it's costing you. So mm. if, um, and I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure there are lots of things that you could have otherwise been doing, but if you can benefit from yeah. somebody who's already, like I've just been forced to have to make a kick-ass workflow because I can't, I can't shoot this volume of weddings unless I have one. Um, mm. So it doesn't make sense that, yeah, I don't know, everyone else has to go out there and reinvent the wheel and do it all themselves. You're listening to Floy Insider, a podcast for creative entrepreneurs who want a fresh perspective on business, communication, and art. Rick Liston is an Australian wedding photographer and positivity merchant. And in an industry where it's pretty easy to fantasize, or it was rather, about the whole destination thing, myself included, Rick has really slayed his local market and focused on creatively serving a market that doesn't need to be served by jumping onto a plastic tube powered by liquid dinosaurs. Rick, mate, welcome. Who are you? And apart from maintaining a, a lower carbon footprint than the average destination wedding photographer, what do you do? Well, first and foremost, uh, I'm a dad, mate. So just here trying to carve out a little good little life for my wife and daughter. Um, and outside of that, get to third wheel people on, uh, on the best day of their lives. And... Got to bloody say thank you very much for having me on, Ollie. Mate, I feel like the the you know the flow audience is lucky to have you on here because um, I, you know, from my recent introduction to you know meeting you in person and getting a, a look across the work you're doing, it's it's been pretty incredible seeing how you're almost like the polar opposite in how you run your business to most folks that, I, that I'm really connected with, and I feel like in your answer there about being a dad that that kind of is responsible maybe for your really local centric approach 100 percent, absolutely and believe me well there was before i was a dad um i was with the rest of them uh absolutely prioritized going to as many places as i can meeting as many people as i can just having the best time that i uh, that i could um and that's pretty much how i actually ended up coming to photography because i was like what is going to allow me to to do this and I think I was traveling in an era where social media was just starting to, uh, to come along. And so there's a lot of companies that found me as a yeah, cheap way to um, get collect their socials. So I'd basically just pitch, um, you know, give me some branded shit. Um, I'm going to head over here. I'll take your socials and you save, obviously, the, uh, the cost of sending a whole production team. To, uh, to all these countries and places, and then you get up, get enough little companies to. Oh, the way of a little man, Johnny Walker paid for my first uh, my first camera to uh, to do this cricket Australia. It was just um, Disney. Yeah, it was a, an exciting time. I think to uh, Hang to you just turn out Johnny Walker Disney as clients. So you yeah, had a bit of a pretty big sort of agency thing going then before weddings. From the sound of it, uh, certainly not a big. Oh, they were big. I was small, but <laughs> I was very good at saving them money. Um, and I did not need much. So, uh, just, yeah, prioritized. Yeah. Like I said, seeing, seeing as many places as I could meeting as many peeps as I could. Um, cause my skill was basically not, not taking photos and it never has been. I've never been an artist, a photographer like you, Ollie. Um, people who just, look at your feet will, will disagree with that. Just, just being, uh, just being good at showing up and having fun. Um, so it wasn't until, yeah, I had, uh, had my daughter, I was living in Shanghai at the time with my wife and then, uh, that focus changed. So now I was like, all right, coming back to, uh, moving back to Australia and just going to do everything I can to, um, yeah, try to make a good life for this little girl here. 
Amazing. Do do you feel like I don't know? It feels like a pretty extreme way of getting the you know multi-country destination thing out of the way in the format that you were doing it where I don't know if you're a destination wedding photographer maybe you're shooting 10 or 15 20 gigs overseas it seems to be a little less volume than what you were doing did you feel like the way that you did it afforded you to kind of get to this point where you had the where you're kind of like, okay, wow, I've, I've, I've done it. Like that was intense and now it's time to slow down a little bit and focus on local. When, yeah, when I was traveling, I wasn't even a wedding photographer. I wasn't a wedding photographer until I came home. And that was literally just, all right, what can I do to, uh, yeah, as I said, my skill is showing up and having a good time. What can I, uh, what can I do here? Um, and turns out wedding photography is uh, an amazing <laughs> An amazing profession, which I'm so likely to be in, because if uh, if I wasn't, and last year certainly scared the hell out of me, uh, I don't know what else I would be doing. Um, but well, yeah, when I first started shooting weddings, of course, there's that that thrill of uh, yeah destination weddings being seen to be in all these amazing places. Um, and as soon as I did a couple, I realized, wow, this is actually a nightmare. Um, spending so much time and money away trying to get this content. And when my goal is, is not to do that anymore. So the opportunity cost basically that was occurring as well when uh, you're spending a week going to another place, even interstate, mm. um, meaning that you cannot wake up the next morning and shoot another wedding and then another mm. wedding the day after that. So it was costing me so much money to, uh, to, to do something more than basically 15 minutes from home. Because if I'm, even if I now, if I, if I go two hours from home, I'm going to struggle to, uh, to get up the next morning and shoot another wedding. So yeah. I just concentrate on the venues around me, go to town on them, drill down on, uh, on those guys and doing everything I can to, I guess, support their business to make sure they're recommending me. So I know I've got just a long, sustainable source of, of leads for the rest of the year. And that's something super unique about your business. You're, it feels like you're literally on every referral list in your region, that being the Yarra Valley. And for folks who don't know uh, Melbourne or Australia, Yarra Valley is a, what would you call it? Like a mountainous eastern region of, of our state. Yeah, just your standard Mine an hour out from major city, um, pleasurable place to go. Yeah, which I'm yeah. sure obviously every uh, every city has something like that. Did you know? Did you know how to... Like when you started kicking off in weddings, did you, was it apparent to you what you needed to do to succeed and kick ass in your local market? Or was that a really long sort of discovery? Because I know that, you know, it took me five, six, seven years in to shooting weddings where it started clicking with me. It's like, hang on, there's, there's a long list of things I really have to do if I want to succeed in a particular market. I have to serve the venues and, and other vendors properly and quickly like how did that kind of unravel to you what you had to do to make that work the good i think the best thing i had going for me was uh sheer desperation um <laughs> i just couldn't fail so just moved back to yeah yes. moved back to australia all the three of us no income so inability to fail was a great motivator um so i'm like all right where where are leads going to come from where you know on that journey when somebody gets engaged and starts planning their wedding um what do they do? What's their process? So starting with a, uh, a venue, um, disagree if you like, but I feel like that's usually the place that will uh, start with and go from there. So just mm. 
all right, let's do everything I can to uh, go and help these venues. And so, and I think this is the case with so many venues out there. Like a lot of them are, you know, vineyard owners, restaurant owners, they run a farm. So they're not necessarily um, marketers, sales experts, all these, uh, all these things. So I was able to just come in and do everything I could, basically be like their best employee um, to, to push, help their business, basically come in at a kind of a functional role in their business rather than just, sorry, a vital role in their business rather mm. than just being a, you know, a, functional, uh, a functional photographer um, and showing up and, and sharing shots. So I just went, found like a couple of emerging uh, venues to start with um, and did everything I, I could for those guys. And so they were the first venues that supported me. Um, basically yeah got me on track looked after my family so i'll never forget it and i'll continue to do everything i can for those guys and we have a really special relationship now which is uh, which is why yeah. yeah i now don't have to worry about any other form of leads um mm. they'll they'll just always be there and did the stuff you learned out of, out of that process like which is something you can't fake yeah like that's a long that's a long deliberate game and you've you have to do it for the right reasons. You can't do it for the wrong reasons. And did what you learned out of that approach uh, help sustain you with all of, you know, COVID lockdowns? Because you had some pretty wild ideas that you were able to execute pretty quickly when we had our harsh lockdowns out here. Yeah, man. Well, it all boils down to, I guess, humans helping humans. I mean, so they're, yeah. they're business owners. You're going to try to do what you can to uh, to help them. And they, they in kind reciprocate. And you're also just in the process being a good dude, man. Once again, showing up and having fun. Um, so you're just someone that they want to have around. And then, yeah, obviously when when COVID hit and for them, they're just hemorrhaging, you know, funds and losses and wanting to do everything they can to start getting back on it. So as soon as we had a little window uh, where, okay, we can actually have a, a small wedding on properties again, um, I was, I don't know, I guess, yeah. Have a have a good combination of skills, which I imagine is pretty consistent with every wedding photographer, and being able to put up a website pretty quickly, write some yeah. copy, uh, do some social posts, even a couple of ads. Like you can you can get and this stuff out very quickly. Um, you start a business in you know forty eight hours if you got oh, the right skills. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and, and I think the yeah the skills we kind of need to learn, even though we come into this being you know good at taking photos, you just need to know how to uh, do all that stuff. Makes us actually incredible marketing tools for. For venues um was just one little powerhouse agency that's asking nothing more of you um yeah. than than a referral back your way so mate, they, they, they would get approached all the time from agencies freaking pitching stuff charging a fortune yeah. but to have someone really vested in their best interest because it's also in your best interest you're just creating a partnership from that day one so um yeah as we were coming out of uh coming out of the the sheer lockdown and we're able to start hosting uh, people were able to start kind of having these smaller weddings again. You know, dance floors still weren't open and, and all that jazz. So we're looking at uh, smaller ones. Um, I had a couple uh, just call and ask me, though, what can we do? You know, we think we're going to, um, we've had to cancel our big wedding. We're going to, I don't know, try to hire an Airbnb somewhere. Do you know anywhere that's like close to, you know, somewhere where we can take some nice shots? I just started to think like, all right, what would I do? What would I mm. want to do if I was going to have um, a small wedding experience now? So uh, just called up a few venues, um, ran an idea past them of a little elopement packages. So both of these venues had accommodation on site. So uh, let's say like two nights in your best suite, private dinner, little massage, we'll do the ceremony, 
take some photos um, and, you know, here's a pretty kick-ass package that I think is going to really resonate with a lot of people right now who are kind of just keen mm. to, to, to get married. Um, so that conversation was day one. Day two, wrote the page, um, put some ads out. Basically, about it, uh, at the end of five days, I had 20, 20 bookings for those for those little bookings. twenty bookings for those elopement packages because it just uh, they just did this, everyone just loved it, man. And you can't, Dude. I guess, underestimate yeah how how ready people were to uh, to get married and then how much that just tickled everyone's fancy. Um, and that's something I know none of them, you know, could have done, would have done. I don't know. Um, so they were super appreciative, and that's the kind of thing as well. You're you're not just then okay, great. You're earning money uh, when you weren't before. You're earning them money when they weren't before. They love that. But then you're also mm-hmm. getting in there, shooting a ton of weddings. So your exposure at that venue, on their socials, when anyone's looking for those uh, for, for wedding photos at that venue, you're everywhere. You're omnipresent. You, you can't be ignored. And this is what I found is like one of the massive benefits of staying local and just staying in this region. Like if somebody's looking to get married in the Yarra Valley, they can, they can not book me, but they have to consider me because I'm everywhere. Mm-hmm. Because I'm always staying at these, uh, these places and I'm too... Helpful. I've got too much information on where to get ready, how to get your guests home at the night, where the sun is actually going to set and what time it's going to set at that time of the year. You know, your wet weather options for, you know, your bloody family photos, your group photos, just every little thing that they need to know, um, I know. So it, they just have to, they have to consider me. Mm. I love that. And it's like, you know, one of the massive narratives that we, you know, came out in this industry as a whole, you know, do whatever you want thing, fuck tradition. By the way, I, I kind of, I don't believe in the fuck tradition thing at all. I think tradition is awesome. Um, but along with that, sometimes that narrative, it just ended right there, you know, but what you said there speaks to the power of going, yeah, you can do what you want, but here's what it can look like. And when you, when you package something together and have an end-to-end experience ready, that's when people like tip over and go and, and can see themselves in it rather than just giving someone a blank piece of paper and then going, yeah, see you later, fill it with something. 100%. Um, yeah. So to be, yeah, be with them, um, I think the whole way as well uh, on that client journey. Um, once again, like fulfilling more more of a role than just being that shooter um, for them has been super important. Um, yeah. And Studio Ninjas actually really helped me with that, making that client journey. Something, one of the discoveries I made uh, along the way was that I was basically uh, leaving people in like this tumbleweed zone um, after, they would, uh, after they would book. And, you know, this is awesome. Thank you so much. Mm. Can't wait to shoot your wedding in a year and a half. And then, uh, and then there'd be nothing. And then... <laughs> If this, I don't know if this is if this is what anyone else does. Um, by all means, uh, this is such I don't know. This was such good advice to me. It came from in a book um, called uh, "Never Lose a Customer Again," um, right. and it just just explained that, that mental process that people go through after you know laying down a lot of money on something and all that dopamine and excitement that they get after making a purchase like that, booking you as a photographer, it just naturally recedes afterwards, and they will start to regret, question, you know. Um, that decision and like, God, did I make the right choice? Especially as now they're kind of, they're searching weddings, they're searching venues, all the supplies. So they're constantly getting flooded with uh, wedding photographers and photography images. So unless you're kind of staying present throughout uh, that entire journey, they'll probably naturally regret booking you. 
Um, so a big part of, I think, one of the massive uh, things that is helping my business now is just having a, a sick client journey, man. Just uh, those automated emails that, that go out. And because I know so much about the decisions they're going to need to make in this region um, and when they're going to make it, I can hit them up, answer questions, solve problems before they've even uh, thought about it. So you're constantly there, like checking in at, at various points, all automated a- along the way. Do you have like right. multiple workflows? Multiple workflows. Check-ins? Yep. So, so if there's like a, you know, do you have a workflow for venue A in the Arrow Valley or venue B or a workflow if you know ahead of time that they've booked accommodation? Like how do you kind of think about and break up your workflows? So it starts with the, the lead. I mean, I have, uh, so I have like basically client templates for each venue. So once a lead comes in um, and they pick their venue, the good thing about, I guess I've got very predictable venues that, uh, that book me. I get probably 80% yeah. of my leads from, you know, maybe six or seven venues. Um, so my template report response to a, uh, to a lead is very specific and very good and very helpful. And once again, cannot be ignored. Um, then beyond that, that journey uh, can once again, just be, yeah, you can have a, a workflow obviously for each one of those venues. So mate, here's the accommodation options that's closest to your venue. Um, this little mini bus service will be able to take them back to this, this hotel that's uh, that's close by that as well. Um, in my timeline, this is how much, you know, how long you should, stuff usually takes from getting to these places to uh to here so it takes a little bit of time at the start getting that up but now that's just mm. such a, a swift process where i know they're going to be uh really have their hands held all the way until i show up on the day and when i show up on the day they're absolutely smitten because i know how much help i've been giving them so before yeah. they've seen a photo they're in love with me as a photographer which thank goodness because yeah and i can't shoot photos like you <laughs> <laughs> like i said Mate, anyone that anyone that um, looks at your feed will be going, "What's this dude talking smack for?" Man, um, that's that's pretty wild. Like I know that when I, you know, and, and again, this is only a soft problem I solved relatively recently, and mostly in, thanks to you saying what you've just said there. You know, looking back, if couples booked me out, you know, two years, uh, you know, if there was a two year gap between when they'd booked and when their wedding was, there was, you know, apart from an invoice schedule being sent out you know, and maybe a boozy meeting or two. It's like there's a lot of tumbleweed time that could be filled with not just fluff, but but giving, you know, automated check-ins, little bits of useful information, you know, you're six months out, maybe you're going to be thinking about this, that or the other. It's such a, that's such an incredible insight, I, I think. What's the architecture like in setting that up in Studio Ninja? Just about well, writing down, yeah, what what you would want that client journey to uh, to be like. So if that was you going through, and I think yeah, what's what's good is is how predictable their journey usually is when you're planning a wedding. Um, that process of the things they're going to be looking for, um, to the stages that they're going to be looking for. You know, all right, local florist bouquets. So boom, here's your page of inspiration bouquets from all the local mm. florists around here. So I know you can get things that look like this. Um, wedding cakes same like you know you're not booking these things on day one two years out but once you uh mm. once you get to that stage where you are 
here's a little page showing you just how, how cool stuff is. Because for sure, they're going to be looking and researching that. Nobody's designed a bouquet before. Nobody's designed an arbor before, spent you know, money on a wedding cake. So it really helps to see what's available in the market. It's one thing to look on Pinterest all over the world. But uh, all right, well, here are the, the people that are actually going to be able to serve me. And here's you know, a long blog on, uh, on photos taken at these venues with the, with the, the product that they're going to serve. Um, so it's just, I don't know, there's all really helpful stuff uh, along the way at the time when they, when they need it. So basically after, yeah, you've made that client journey going in. I also have a you know, ton of questionnaires. You don't need to know all the information at once. Um, yeah. the questionnaires help me stay in touch. So even when that first contract, uh, goes out, the first quote goes out, I hit them up with the speed date questionnaire. That's kind of pre-filled <laughs> with all of my answers. So they can just get to know me that uh, that little bit more. And then I love, man, getting those answers back from them is just, if you ever need conversation filler afterwards, that's your Bible, that's your go-to. Dude, you, you with that little nugget of joy there, you single-handedly changed this like line that I'd almost committed to muscle memory in my hands that I had to add every time I sent a questionnaire out, which was, here's your questionnaire, you know, you can only, you know, you're not gonna have the answer for everything. You've only got to fill out the first few, you know, the rest can be sent later. And I'm like, holy crap, your revelation there about sending multiple questionnaires and just breaking up the information they have to submit has been gold because, you know, the very first questionnaire they receive from me now contains answers that they own, they all have now. They've got them now. It's their personal information and they don't receive what you're saying there, information about, you know, the cake they've booked or timings until much, much, much later, which is so gobsmackingly smart. Well, you've got an incredible gift, Ollie. So you can actually, you can make the required remarkable very easily. Not many people can write like you can write. So you can Re- make that questionnaire. Remar- yeah, ah. You can make the required, which is like getting that information. You can make that right. remarkable. Um, yeah, I know how you write. So I know how you can transform a questionnaire into a really bloody fun experience. Um, which, I feel like that's what you want them to have on the get-go, yeah? It's like, you know, even... Even if it's something as simple as like, hey, you know, well, for example, um, the first few questions in mine, uh, you know, I'm not asking them for certain favorite things. I'm just saying, hey, have you got a wine or otherwise in your hand? And they just put whatever the hell they want in that field. Usually they'll write um, something kind of half funny or they'll tell me what's actually in their hand. And, you know, like you're saying there, that's then my cue to go and maybe give them a gift later on that is, you know, connected to what they've written in there. You know, someone the other week wrote, no, but I've got some Japanese whiskey. And I go, great. I know <laughs> to get this maestro Japanese whiskey when I deliver their, you know, final final set. What so a ledge. Yeah. Onboarding a, things like that. In from, a, or, from that first tone. that first question, you are setting the tone there by asking that, uh, you know, something that they're probably not going to expect from a questionnaire. So you're just yep. you're coming in with, you know, contact name, phone number. But no, <laughs> yeah, it's what are you drinking right now? Um you're right. This is this is going to be a much more pleasurable experience. It's hard to have a bad time mm. when you're laughing, you know. Yeah, and there's you know even I want to I want to kind of extend that out and, and think of, of ways that are maybe applicable to all sorts of people, or maybe set up multiple onboarding questionnaires for certain types of people. So if I've identified folks who are you know a little um little softer and you know less flamboyant, maybe they'll get a certain type of questionnaire with a certain manner of speaking and then you know couples that are like you know batshit crazy will get something super flamboyant where i'm really testing the edges of what i can get away with writing in a questionnaire you know and really creating a bespoke experience for different types of people right 
I'm Absolutely. Sure That's a great idea. You're genius. Yeah. No, so true. Um, so true. Like you already do. Something you, you spoke about in, uh, I don't know if anyone is not already, but there is an incredible Facebook group called A Strange Atlas uh, <laughs> run by Mr. Oli Sansom. You should uh, definitely get on board. But uh, yeah, you, strangeatlas.co. you brought up an amazing point about having a, yeah, a price guide that represents the people that, uh, that are actually inquiring with you. So if they're, they're an Indian wedding and then boom, you've got your price card that's yeah. filled with Indian wedding photos. They're two yes. girls, boom, it's all two girls. So they feel represented from that moment. And, and it doesn't take, because once you've already got all the rest of the content, it does not take that long to duplicate something and then change a few things in to make it yeah, resonate with, uh, with the people you're sending it to. Dude, it doesn't. And people just want to, they just want to feel like, you know, you, they just want to feel seen. I, you know, I got an inquiry for a Jewish wedding the other day and often with inquiries for Jewish weddings, one of the first questions they ask is, hey, have you shot a Jewish wedding before? Because they know there's a whole lot of, um, you know, non-negotiable things that are happening and have to be captured in a certain way. So to be able to send a price list for them where every image in that price list is of a Jewish wedding, they're like, okay, this person's speaking to me. It's 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 a no-brainer, you know? And yeah, and, and the same can apply for, for venues as well, to be honest. So this is the venue you're getting married at. Boom, here's your, here's your pricing guide where every photo is uh, is at that venue. 100%. If um, if they tell me they're florist, I go, okay, I'll, let's make, make sure there's a couple of shots in there of that florist work. And then I can, you know, reference that in my email back to them. And it's just a, yeah, it's, it's kind of a way of not fully automating, but coming close to automating a bespoke experience because... Every person we deal with is so completely different from the next. And it's actually really, really quick to um, create some difference in the stuff that we're sending to them that talks directly to them. Most definitely, yeah. Well, anyway, it seems to be, yeah, working uh, working well. And what I love about uh, this space is like, it's the more, the more I'm in it, the longer uh, I'm doing it, the more awesome peeps like yourself uh, I get to, yeah, chin wag with. And there's so many, yeah, God, there's so many things out there that, can really make that process so much more enjoyable for your uh, for your clients that you just had never previously considered. Dude, you're you're probably the only person I've really ever heard talk about that in between. Like, there's so much content out there about creating this front end experience and marketing yourself, and then loving on them afterwards. But there's nothing really that I've heard out there that speaks to what you're talking about, which is like, how do you make them feel seen and looked after in that giant tumbleweed gap in the middle? You know how do you how do you keep or create and keep advocacy after they've booked? Yeah. And then there's the uh, the post wedding as well, mate. Another another love of mine. Um, something I'm also proud of is just absolutely going to town with how much I can deliver the day after their wedding. Mm. Um, so obviously something that I think. How do you do that at volume? Because you're you're mm. such a volume shooter. So you must have like this obviously wild workload. Like how do you manage? you know, making sure you're still sprinkling love around and, and also keeping the cogs turning? Um, the good thing is, so, I mean, I just try to, yeah, I double down on what I do well, which is, uh, which is taking photos. And then I leave the rest basically to, uh, if something can be automated, it'll be automated. And then if it can't um, have a great, uh, a great team of VAs that, are able to do sprinkle that love for me because there's there's mm. just a process there's a way I love that love sprinkled and um, once they once they know it um, they can go out and do it basically that leaves me to uh, to go out and shoot that next wedding the following day dude that's 
I still can't imagine what that looks like to have, you know, casual army of VAs just doing all of these things that actually occupy 95% of my time in this job. Well, let me walk you through it. It's uh, So wedding, wedding finishes, get home, upload, obviously do the physical things that, uh, that nobody else can, uh, can do. So upload those images, back them up, smart previews in Lightroom, send that Lightroom ca- catalog off to my VA. So you're after, doing that work though, like that... So this part of the work, yeah, yeah, I am I'm required because I need to be in that physical location to, to actually build those smart previews. But I mean, once you're uploading those photos and backing up, I'm leaving that, doing that overnight. So there's not a whole lot of uh, time involved in that. Um, then in the morning, I'll go through and select, I guess, you know, my absolute winner shots um, that I love and then send that catalog and, and edit those. Send that catalog off to my editor who will then fill out another 150 shots, making sure to include shots of the suppliers, the other vendors, um, other required parts of the the day, but based on the edits of, of those kind of 50 shots that I absolutely love. That will then go to another VA while that edit, same editor then continues to work on uh, editing that full gallery. So the, the second VA then will take those images, um, they will make a, a blog using narrative, post that to a, a web page that will make a slideshow with smart slides, post that to the same web page. The, the slideshow will be to about three different songs. So I've given them kind of like 25 songs that they can choose from and they make a big match. So that's, that's awesome. They can then send the link to, uh, of that blog page to the couple with my little couple te- template that I've already made um, along with yeah, the link to the slideshow and where to download the, the folder of images. And then this is like the, the crucial part for me also include in that blog post the the links the to all the vendors right so this is a questionnaire that the couple would have got they're able to go in take that information put it into the blog page send that same all those links out to all the different vendors and then make <laughs> an instagram highlight story and this is super crucial as well right because if you can make marketing um which you know social media got everyone hates taking that time if you can make that as easy as possible for your other vendors um, they will they will love you for it, man. So if you can give them uh, an easy way to just share something that already looks good, they will generally do it. So an Instagram highlight story, um, yeah, just using Upfold or whatever that Upwork, I can't remember the name of the uh, the app off the top of my head now. Um, that tags in each one of those vendors, so that and then you can you can tag them in and then actually hide those tags mm-hmm. as well. So that's mm-hmm. coming up in their story. So they can just press that boom, share on their feed button. And then that's going out to all of their followers. And it's something that, you know, mate, when you're kind of shooting over hundred weddings a year, there's just no way I would be sitting there making those, those highlight stories myself. But because I've got someone else out there who's looking after me and doing that, once again, I'm omnipresent. You can't ignore me. I'm just, Dude. I'm out there, out there everywhere. So for all this the people that find me on Instagram, it's 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 not people aren't like landing on my page and finding me. They're finding me from all the other vendors, all the other mm-hmm. venues, from all the other stuff that I'm kind of sending out to them. Um, and it just yeah, that basically is all driven by just a great workflow of automation and outsourcing. Dude, <laughs> like you, you're literally dividing yourself into a, a whole bunch of other people. That's banana. And that's happening for every wedding. Every wedding, yeah. I mean, because now I can I can shoot a lot more weddings. I mean, I, mean, I got 150 this year at last. Sorry, sorry, 115 this year at, uh, at last count. But that's still not, I mean, there's 365 days in a year. That's that's actually, that's only, you know, 
less than a third of uh, of the year that I'm actually having to physically show up and be somewhere. Yeah. So it's still still not busy in my you know in my mind as long as like the rest of uh, the rest of that process is taking uh, is taken care of. So I reckon there's still I feel like room to go. I feel like there's there's three things people that shoot weddings really really want. One of them is like really comfy shoes. The other one is a, an ability to hydrate themselves properly when they're supposed to, so they don't wake up with a hangover. And the third one is whatever the hell setup you've got orchestrated there. Like, well, they can have it, man. Get in touch. Dream. More than uh, more than happy to share. But uh, I got VAs trained in in my system and what uh, what I do. They can also set up my automations in your CRM if you're using Studio Ninja. So you're um, offering that now. Yeah, this is well. I, I, it's just it's so crazy to me that everyone out there has to reinvent the wheel. Basically, they have yeah. to go through and like it takes a lot of time to not just to input this stuff, but to create you know a client journey, right? Of what yeah. to write, stuff to to mention, plus the time it takes to actually go in and build this stuff. Now you know this stuff. You you've been doing your your questionnaires. How long has it taken you this last? Uh, did you just say week? I think last time we mentioned to, to, yeah, to, to like, build your questionnaires. And, you know, and I've got a pretty rudimentary setup in Studio Ninja, but if I like add up all the time lately, it's probably about a full, full week, you know, of just, you know, second guessing and setting up stuff and realizing you've got your scheduling and automations wrong because this email's gone out to someone that shouldn't have gone out yet. So, yeah, probably about a week. And is that, yeah, I don't know. Is that like, it's, it's, like if a you're doing, that. that's it. If you're doing something that somebody else could be doing for less, then you're basically working for their wage, right? So that's what it's costing you. So, mm. if, um, and I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure there are lots of things that you could have otherwise been doing, but if you can benefit from yeah. somebody who's already like, I've just been forced to have to make a kick-ass workflow because I can't, I can't shoot this volume of weddings unless I have one. Um, yeah. so it doesn't make sense that, yeah, I don't know. Everyone else has to go out there and reinvent the wheel and do it all themselves. It's yeah. Cause you know, it's, I tell folks, with, you know, when we talk about volume and all that stuff, I, I did 35 or 38 in a year once and it nearly it sent me nearly into an asylum purely because of the the volume of work there was around that is, is so astronomical when you're doing it all yourself. Um, so that that sort of makes sense. Like, that you well, it makes, like totally that, caps your, uh, caps your earning. Like, because if, yeah, because yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's just the opportunity cost, right, of, of uh, doing those things yourself just means you can't then scale that uh, that thing that you're actually good at that is actually the biggest earner which is shooting the weddings themselves yep and which ironically ends up being the, the smallest time spend like people are amazed when i tell them i'm like i literally spend about one or two percent of my time actually physically shooting stuff it's it's such a, a tiny fraction you know so something's got to change ellie you're too um, good man like you uh, you've you've got too much skill to to be denying people your presence on their so wedding day to <laughs> Be putting that time into, I don't know, admin and stuff that uh, that can be done by somebody else. Yeah, it's so. So we, I, I can like book that thing that you you're offering that. Like, is it a formal thing, or do people reach out to you? How do we, how do we like use that insane genius setup that you've kind of spent all this time building? Get in touch. There's a combination between a. I can have my VA set up my process in your Studio Ninja. Okay, so that's right. one thing. And then you can go in, tweak it. No, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say this. But all right, here's, here's a client journey. And yeah, I'm obviously going to need to fill out, uh, you know, this blog with my own blog. Um, by the way, if you need that done as well, my VA can do that for you too. Because right. even just scrolling through all your galleries, finding the pictures of bouquets, finding the pictures of the arbors, finding the pictures of wedding dresses, 
of wedding cakes and then making your own little separate galleries for each, you know, blog page for that. Like this is stuff that you could be doing, you know, you don't want to be doing and something that somebody else could be doing because it's, it's, it's straightforward tasks. Particularly the social stuff. Like, it's oh my God. If you, if you ever, content. yeah, try to make a, yeah, an Insta highlight story where on every yeah. single page you're tagging in all the vendors. Dude, it's massive. I can easily spend a day just putting a couple of things together and a couple of carousels and it's it's an incredible time sink. How do you like scale the, here's what I'm curious about too, like can they customize the sort of images they're looking for based on a photographer's preference? You know so what are you talking about what, making a, like a blog for, for a blog post, for example? Like, case, for um, instance, or, 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 or a blog post for the wedding? Or, yeah, probably, ooh. I guess a way of storytelling. I guess, though, the thing is with these blog posts, they're more for that, you know, client-facing. It's more for the couple to see and it's more for the vendors to share rather than being like, you know, an ornate storytelling. Is that kind of how you view it? Well, they can very easily look at, you know, all your recent blog posts, how you do it. Yep. Plus, you're kind of right, uh, giving right. them direction with those first images that you, uh, you select. Or you, can, or you can select them all yourself. If you've got the time, then select them all yourself. Then they can do the rest of that process. And then that so way you're guaranteeing um, the, the selection is, is done and that the edit is exactly how you would have it. So um, it sounds kind of similar to like when you're outsourcing editing, which I've you know, recently done. It's, there is that teething process of like getting them in line with how you're seeing the world, how you're seeing key images that are on brand, all that sort of thing. So, so then take out, so then take out that aspect, just, just do select all your own images. Select, and I recommend like, I don't know, so many right. people send select so few sneak peeks, but it actually doesn't take that long to go through, pick out a hundred images yeah, um, yeah. and send those off. So hundred images, exactly how you want them, edit it exactly yeah. how you want them. And then the rest of it is, is done on their end. Yeah, dude, that's actually incredible. And that's game changing. So I think yeah, just getting them getting them out as soon as possible because there's this this I feel like you you want to hit them at that peak of excitement. It's not just them as well. It's every mm. guest at that wedding. It's every vendor that yeah. has just worked on that wedding. Yep. I don't know how you feel about a wedding four weeks ago, but it's just a little yep. bit meh. So yep. if you've got if you've content the day after that you're sending people, a, it blows them away. They can't believe your you know your work ethic that you're getting them uh, getting them done and back this quickly. They already love you just for that. But then yep. it's the wedding that's the freshest in their mind. And then the guests, mate, they want to share it as well. Obviously, that's why I'm kind of doing a blog post too to get all those eyeballs yeah. on my website. Um, and I think, yeah, it's, it's a lot more likely for, yeah, obviously for SEO, it's a lot more likely, I think, for everyone, every guest that was at their wedding to want to look at it the day after. So, <laughs> I still can't believe it's the next day. It's, it's Dude, I, I can barely get out like a, a few Instagram stories the next day, let alone, you know, blog post and bananas, man. Because I'm not doing it. That's it. It's, it's bananas. That's all. So we just send you an email. Is that all right? Get in touch, man. Get in touch. Dude, that's that's wild. Have you? Oh man, there's so much wrapped up in this. In this, I feel like we should, um, yeah, arc into the twilight. Have you got any like um parting words or like one brilliant thing that a photographer can do this week to create more local opportunities and on on the front end and on the back end to make their workflow life a little bit easier. So <clears throat> front end wise, mate, get on the phone to a, uh, to a wedding venue you want to work at, ask them how their midweek weddings are going. Almost everyone has trouble with that. So talk them through, all right, what can we do? Make up a little package for them, something like more intimate wedding. So I just, 
I actually get too many inquiries now for for these smaller intimate weddings. Like I don't know what what happened last year, but it just seems to have changed the mind frame for so many people. Um, and after you start making these little packages, they will come to you as that first place when they're we're looking for a, a venue or they you become basically a resource for these intimate weddings. And the other venues will want that same thing. And it's not that much involved. It's basically, all right, what would be involved in a package? Chuck in my photography time, put a little lead page together. And then if you want to run an ad for it, you can uh, you can do that. But that's just for some reason, that's something that a lot of venues would have a, a hard time doing. They really appreciate the uh, the help in doing that. So then, yeah, you, you come in, you're helping their business and they're going to absolutely love you for it. Mm. Amazing. Dude, you are you are not only an artistic genius, but a marketing genius. Just a guy who shows up and has a good time, Ollie. Dude, love it. And that's, man, that's the key. You're a legend, man. Thanks for your time and, and brain. And man, everyone's going to get so much value out of this. I have no doubt. Ollie, thank you so much um, for yeah having me uh, having me on here. God, it's it's actually it's an awesome podcast. I loved. I don't know if you had a chance. Sam Jacobson's uh, Jacobson's podcast a couple of weeks ago. Had a killer tip in there on uh, on uh, loss aversion, um, and I was just like, "Oh my god, that is so that is so me." I definitely do not want a thing until I have the thing, and then cannot possibly give away the thing. So, <laughs> letting a couple know that they've got a date, um, and in seven days' time they will not have it anymore um, ah. was uh, was a wicked right. tip. A number on it. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, it's just yeah, it's been a, a killer pod that I've been loved listening to. So it's uh, thank you so much for having me on and letting me be a part of it. Dude, where do we find you? How do how do we contact you? How do we harass you about your bananas workflow thing? Right. Email info at rickliston.com. Uh, Instagram at rick underscore liston. Um, smoke signals work too. Or uh, come over and let's uh, let's have some of that, that chili sauce on a, on a salad. And talk it Legend. out. Thanks, brother. You have a great day, Ellie. Cheers, guys. You're listening to Floy Insider, a podcast for creative entrepreneurs who want a fresh perspective on business, communication, and art.